So hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of You Are My Borough with myself and Dom Shaw from the Northern Echo. We've got plenty uh, to get our teeth into but just before we do a little bit of housekeeping if you're watching this on the YouTube channel then please like, subscribe and leave any comments down below. We do read them, uh, we try and reply to them um, and we try and feed them into this when we can so we do really do appreciate you getting in touch, letting us know what you're watching um, and if you're listening on one of the various podcast platforms um, then like away and uh, and let all your borough mates know that this is the place for a bit of borough chat and uh, we should have plenty today, as I say we've got obviously the midweek win over Cardiff to look back on um, we've got the state of things with Borough, obviously, much, much brighter now on the back of the wins. And we obviously look ahead to the trip to Sunderland at the weekend. And But I was going to call it a derby. We might as well start. We might as well start with the age-old, the age-old discussion. Um, I've got to admit, I think because I've worked at the Northern Echo for a good little while now, whenever any of the Northeast teams play each other, it inevitably has a little bit more on it for us, I think, just from a journalistic point of view, because you're obviously covering both. You've got the head-to-head, everything. So I kind of instinctively do call it a derby. I understand why, you know, fans of both clubs would kind of say, well, look, it isn't, you know, Borough fans will say, let them up the road, get on with what they're doing up there. We're quite happy doing our own stuff down here. Sunderland fans will kind of say, well, it's Newcastle or nothing. But... Whether it's a derby or not, and, and Michael Carrick kind of wanted to sit on the fence even with this yesterday when you swore to him, didn't he, Dom? It, it, it is a game that has a little bit more on it than pretty much any other Borough player this season, is it? That's got to be fair to say. Yeah, 100%. I, I think I think if you ask 95%, but I might be off I might be off on this, but I, I think 95% of Borough fans would say it's a derby. I, I, I think some, for Sunderland, it's not the derby, clearly. Yes, and that is a difference, but it's yeah. still they're not in a, they're a not derby in the where they're playing the derby. So yeah. this is, you yeah. know, this is surely for them their biggest game of the season. That, yeah, hundred percent, and 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 I think that's it. For, when when the fixtures came out, this will have been one of the first games that both teams and both sets of fans looked for. Um, Leeds is probably another for Borough now. Now they're back in the yeah. championship, but yeah. there's. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and, and I think um, the vast majority on Teesside will feel it's a derby. 99% of the fans going up there, other than maybe Sam Greenwood's dad, who's, who's sitting in the uh, in the <laughs> this week, yeah. will, will think it's a derby. And and even if, even those who might be a bit sniffy and claim that it isn't a derby, well, what is it then? Because it still matters more than... Yeah. Than the majority of other games, your, yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. And the well, atmosphere, the atmosphere will tell you that tomorrow morning. It, it will not feel, it will not feel like a normal championship twelve o'clock, no. half twelve kickoff no. game, will it? No, it'll absolutely. feel like a proper game. Uh, and obviously, the massive positive is that Borough are going into it in comfortably their best form of the season in terms of results, and I think it's safe to say their best form of the season in terms of performances as well. Um, you were obviously at the Riverside on Tuesday night. Uh, Cardiff put to the sword, if you like. A, 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 a relatively low-key first half in which maybe Borough grew into the game and, and just about got themselves on top, but clearly much much more fluent in the second half. Got the two goals, ran out pretty comfortable and deserved winners in the end. And, and 
and some good individual displays from players that we maybe haven't said that about too often this season. Obviously, Engel is the standout, but Barlasser again on the back of his League Cup performances, putting in a you know a, a pretty good show and a pretty good shift. What were your main takeaways from it? I mean, Engel got the headlines, and and if nothing else, it's 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 massive for him that he's been able to turn in that kind of performance, isn't it? Because there was a lot of pressure on him going into the game. You could see the difference uh, after the assist. You could visibly see how buoyed he was by it. Um, and, and to see him, I thought it was clever management from, from Carrick to take him off in the yeah. 89th minute with the game one. Um, well, A, to give Bangura a, a taste of the Riverside, obviously. But, but the main benefit from that was obviously Engel getting his stand innovation. And if you compare that to... Sheffield Wednesday yeah. when he's hooked at half time and and we were only saying last week weren't we when when, when does Engel's next when does Engel's next chance come because I got, I got about well, three or four messages on Twitter I've got to say straight away well that's when he gets his next chance yeah, because O'Brien O'Brien was impressing the left back we weren't to foresee the injury that's obviously going to rule him out for three months Carrick confirmed yesterday Vandenberg was an option there Bangura was coming back we were even saying last week is you know, is Engel above Hayden Coulson in the pecking order now? Well, clearly we were made to look a bit daft there. And yeah. and he started and fair play to him because in the first half, he wasn't getting the ball. He was on yeah. and, and it became, well, there was ironic cheers when, when it was well, finally it, sent yeah. away. Um, but he stuck at it and, and, you know, kept showing for it, kept asking for it. And and he did really well for the goal. Um, but but I think the other, the other standout points, not just Engel, Greenwood... Yeah. impressed in the number 10 role in the first half when it was pretty ponderous he was the one who was trying to put Burr on the front foot Latte Lath comes on and scores it all just points to the fact that maybe the summer signings are now starting to settle when I think you know there isn't the, the responsibility of starting games, maybe the pressure's been taken off a little bit by having this kind of slowly integrated role as a substitute Um I don't know whether any of them will start. In fact, I don't think any of them will start tomorrow. I think Greenwood, Engel and, um, and Latte Lath will all be on the bench. But but the signs are clearly promising on that front, aren't they? Yeah. And if nothing else, what it does is it allows Carrick to do what he's done this week, which is make changes for the midweek game and not feel that he has to play players three games a week because he doesn't think the alternative's there. He doesn't think the depth's there. Or, you know, all of a sudden... There are options, aren't there? He does have the option of rest and housing if he wants to because Barlas has shown that he's more than capable of doing the job. Engel now gives him that choice at left back. Like you say, Greenwood is a 10. Latalath can come in. You know, like it looks at the minute, like you say, better coming off the bench, but his confidence will be growing, you would think. Every training session, you'd like to think he's getting a bit more in tune with what's happening around him. You know, if there is a scenario where he does have to start again in the next two or three weeks, you would like to think he'll, he'll come back a better player than the one who you know, did okay at the start of the season, but at times looked a little bit like a rabbit in the headlines. I think the, I think the, um, one of the, one of the big plus points, touching on that from um, Tuesday as well, is the fact that Borough were without the likes of Johnny House and Daryl Enahan. Uh, Matt Crooks was rested and yet still managed to make relatively light work of, of what was, um, you know, not just on paper, but kind of came with four wins on the bounce. Yeah. Right? Championship that doesn't happen often, so I yeah. think I think that that's a positive that they can do that. And the other thing we we talked in we early in the season, Carrick was bouncing from one team to another, four changes, five changes, four changes. You can now see already, can't you? You know, we 
we we we guessed our predicted lineup for tomorrow and it was relatively easy to do we'll be wrong there's no doubt we'll be wrong but it was it was relatively easy to do whereas a couple of weeks ago we said well we can't even have a punt in it yeah no idea i think i think that's an indication as well that clearly things are heading in the right direction so let's have a look at what we think the team might be then but i mean first of all because that's it's obviously colored by injury and illness issues so you were at at rockcliffe what yesterday speaking to michael carrick (laughs) Um, i mean how are things um injury wise how are things illness wise because that's been an issue in the last week as well hasn't it yeah so we know obviously o'brien now has been confirmed fractured tibia and ankle damage as well which is a Signer of a blow for him, yeah, isn't it? For was... him. I mean, bad for Borough, but you really feel for him because this was yeah. his big chance to get his career back on track. And he'd started yeah. it well, hadn't he? As we've said on previous, yeah, days. up to three months. So you're probably looking at it and thinking he's not going to be back before Christmas. Um, yeah. but he will be back playing for Borough. I had a couple of questions on Twitter last night saying, Well, does that mean his loan will be cut short or anything like that? No, Carrick said that Borough and Forrest will kind of work between themselves with the rehab, but when he's fit enough yeah. to play, he'll be he'll be back he'll playing be back for Borough. Yeah. Vandenberg sounds promising. Carrick kind of said he's hopeful he's going to be in and around it. That was, he had this hamstring issue that he's been managing for a few weeks, so that, that was never a major problem. Maybe just rested with, or, or kind yeah. of take the, the, the sensible, easy option rather than gamble with Saturday in mind. And then the illness thing, so, so Daryl Enahan obviously missed Watford, through illness, Howson was missing in midweek. Carrick said there's been a couple of others, um, but he hopes that that's behind them now. So, so fingers crossed he hasn't gone in this morning and there's no one coughing, coughing like that, or like I have been, or like I have been this morning. That, that's um, a cup of tea, a cup of tea gone down the wrong way. That. Yeah, I'll give um, two seconds. I'm a good cough. Yeah, so. Um, Fingers crossed that when the team sheet drops tomorrow, there's no kind of curveballs, and he's been forced into a into a late into a late rethink. We're, yeah, we've had a crack at the team below. Um, we'll start left back. Yeah, as good as Engel was. Is is Vandenberg a safer option maybe tomorrow? Even though he's not a left back, or I don't know, does he does he stick with Engel on the back of that performance? Does it send the wrong message if you drop him out? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you would imagine Engel would take an awful lot from staying in the side. It would be a big show of faith. And Vandenberg is every bit as experienced as Engel is, really, in terms of championship football and this kind of a game. But, yeah, I'm with you. I still think, even off the back of Tuesday, I think Vandenberg's probably still ahead of him in the pecking order in terms of Carrick just really thinking he can trust him. I mean, he raves about Vandenberg and, and his attitude and, and just how impressed he's been with him. So, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Vandenberg starts as long as he's fit. And I also, in the defence, like you, think Lennon starts this one, provided he's 100% right. You know, I, I think he'd be in ahead of McNair. And the other one, I mean, you, you touched on it there. Balesa came in and and did all right again on Tuesday night. Um, but if Housen's fit, Housen plays. Housen plays again, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so the other one really is is Sam Greenwood and Matt Crook. Now Greenwood did well on did well on Tuesday. Um, was put up to speak to the press afterwards. Obviously, talked about the fact that he's going back to Sunderland for the first time as a senior player since leaving the club when he was sixteen. Um, and yet, I just have a feeling it goes back to that thing what you were saying there, really about the, the trust. Maybe not that he doesn't trust Greenwood. I'm not saying that at all, but. Crooks is the type of player who Carrick will feel he can hang his hat on in a game like that, I think. Yeah, I think that's the interesting one because 
the counter-argument to that is you've got Greenwood. He's going back to the club where he started. All his mates will be there. His family are there. He will be utterly, utterly desperate to, to, to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and kind of show Sunderland what he's got. So a little bit of you think it has to be that, I think. Horses for courses kind of argument, you know, do you do you sit him down and say, right, I'm putting my trust in you here. This is your big, big chance to shine. This is the stage you want to be on. Go and do it. But, you're, you know, he's a youngish lad. Yes, he's had a really good game in midweek, but he's still kind of feeling his way into this Borough team. As you say, Crooks in there, putting himself about, being a nuisance. You know what you're going to get from Crooks probably more than Greenwood. It's one of them, isn't it, where Greenwood's ceiling is probably higher than Crooks's potentially in terms of what he could offer you in this game. But his floor is probably potentially significantly lower. So... Which one do you think I think he'll play Crooks as well. Yeah, I do. I think I think he'll play Crooks. And with, with the thought that you've got Greenwood on the bench and if things aren't necessarily going right, he's the ideal player to, to change things around potentially an hour in, 55 minutes in, whatever, if you're chasing the game, he can make a difference. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that'll be the team. And Latte Latte Laugh from the bench. What do you what do you reckon up front? I, I, I think he probably sticks with Corburn. I think I think he'll stick with Corburn. Yeah, I think he'll stick with Corburn to start this one. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I was at Sunderland on Wednesday night, obviously, for their game against Watford, who, who were dreadful. Um yes. and if Valerian Ishmael if Valerian Ishmael hadn't signed a contract a day earlier, then you'd <laughs> probably been fearing for him. He he didn't come out to speak to the press until nigh on eleven o'clock. Um and when he did come out, it was explained that the reason for the delay was he, he'd gone round the dressing room and basically asked each individual player what they think's going wrong, which is never really a good sign. Not really, is it? Um, at this, no. at this, term, la- at this feels time. like a last roll of the dice kind of player already, that, doesn't it? But for, but for both Sunderland and Borough, it felt like the kind of ideal midweek home championship game, a, a routine yeah. a routine win. Um and and Sunderland, Sunderland were, were by no means anywhere near as good as what what we've both seen this season and last. Um, yeah. But they got the job done. Both those results kind of just set it up nicely, I thought. So on, so on Sunderland, I mean, you know, obviously we both watch a fair bit of Sunderland. We both cover Sunderland as well as Borough. I mean, my view on Sunderland is that at the moment, and to be perfectly honest, for, for the vast majority of their time under Mowbray, I think they're a better away side. Oh, yeah. Sunderland's strengths are counter-attack, getting in behind teams, breaking at them, swamping them with those attacking players, real pace, real movement. What they're not necessarily so great at is playing against a low-lying defence, dominating possession, and having to actually pick their way through because an awful lot of what they're good at, as I say, is, is kind of catching teams in transition when they're disorganised defensively and Sunderland can pick holes in and around them. When a team sets up solidly, that for me is when Sunderland struggle. And and you look at this Borough team and, you know, if that is the back four and if Housen is there and if Crooks is there, then if nothing else, you'd be disappointed if this Borough team weren't solid and, and at least able to say to Sunderland, right, we're not going to leave holes all around the park for Jack Clark to scamper into or Roberts to scamper into or Abdullah Barty's playing or whoever. Um, I think that's how Borough have got to initially at least approach it, isn't it? Yeah, stay in it. Because that, that was the thing on Wednesday night, really, as, as poor as Watford were, for 40 minutes you were looking at it thinking, well, 
is Sunderland going to be able to break them down here? Mm. Or is this going to be one of those classic, like the game against Cardiff that Sunderland played, where they, where they dominated, could make a breakthrough and lost in the lost in the last minute? That That is, I mean, that was a major issue last season for Sunderland, wasn't it? If, yeah. if they hadn't have made the top six last year, then the, it would have been the home form, especially in the second half of the season that cost them. It, it's funny because they've won three out of four since since losing at home since losing at home to Ipswich on the opening day, but it still feels like um, like it's an effort for them as maybe as daft as that yeah. sounds, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 that first goal is crucial for Sunderland in the home at home. Isn't it? If you get it, they're away then, and the, yeah, and, and and you know we know how much attacking talent they've got. I don't think there's a better player in the championship than Jack Clark at the minute. Patrick Roberts is is on song. Abdullah Bar came in the other night and did well in the absence of Alex Pritchard. Mason Burstall's still finding his feet, but he's a centre forward at least, isn't he? Which gives yeah, the other players I think, yeah. someone to work off. Um, so I, I think the longer the game stays nil-nil, the more it favours Borough. And where where's the key areas, do you think, then, where Borough can particularly get at Sunderland? Um I, I I think my view on that is that, I, you know, I think McGree and Jones will be important because I think that for all try Hume and Niall Huggins have, have done well at Sunderland, and Hume particularly, I think there is a potential vulnerability there in the fullback areas that the Borough can maybe exploit and, and look to, to um you know, to profit from. Yeah, and I think the key with them is, you know, Huggins scored that great goal on Wednesday night. You, you want to pin them back, really, don't you? You want to yeah. make them defend rather than let them get forward and, and join the attack. And and um, without Pierre Equa, you do wonder whether, as as you know, Joby Bellingham's been really, really impressive, hasn't he, since signing? And, and Dan Neal's um, clearly a huge talent in the midfield. Both of those will go out to play in the Premier League. But without Equa, you do wonder whether they're just maybe lacking a bit of steel as well, don't you? Real defensive player. Bellingham, Bellingham, what you know, um, Mowbray was talking on Wednesday night about how the, the, he swapped his full backs because he wanted Bellingham to be able to push on and play as more of a, yeah. a, a second 10, really, and leave Neil as the kind of one holding, holding midfielder. So um, <clears throat> you do wonder if it's Greenwood or Crooks, or Hackney moving forward and kind of travelling with the ball, whether that's an area that they can yeah. they can take advantage of as well. Um, but clearly, the, the threat, on the other hand, the threats to be, I mean, Jack Clark's, when he's on song, he's, he's almost unplayable at this yeah, level. That, I mean, he? He, that Tommy Smith is going to be asked questions there, isn't he? Because, you know, Clark, like you said, I'm with you, I think he's probably the best player in the Championship at the moment. We talked about this before and then, didn't we? And, and you see this before the the, the big games often in the often in the national papers. If you were going to have a combined eleven of Borough and Sunderland players, who who'd be in it? Have in. Uh, right, okay. So which Borough players would I have in that team? The keeper's an interesting one straight away because I rate them both. To be perfectly honest, I, I think Madsen is a very good keeper. Um, he's young still. He does make the occasional error, but he's a very good shot stopper and he's getting better with his feet. Dieng, you'd have to say, has been really impressive for Borough since he's come in. Hasn't, you know, hasn't, in fact, I would probably say, hasn't done anything wrong, has he? It's hard to think, hard to think of an obvious one. So maybe just Dieng shades that because of his experience at the moment. I suspect Patterson yeah. might get higher than Dieng does eventually, but I think at the minute, maybe Dieng. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're going purely on the evidence of what we've seen so far this season, then Dieng's 
I agree. They're both. I think they're both top championship keepers, and I do think Patterson will probably go on to have a better career and probably be a better goalkeeper. But at the minute, I think I just sway towards Dieng. And I think in defence, I'd have. I think I'd have Lenahan alongside Dan Ballard. Yeah, I'd have Ballard. I think out of the four of them, I think Ballard at Sunderland is is probably yeah. the best. Again, it's it's he he'll end up being a Premier League player. Definitely. Yeah, um, I think I'd have Lenahan. I think I'd just go Lenahan above Fry see, alongside I'd, Ballard. It's one, isn't it? I'd have Fry and Lenahan ahead of 9 because yeah. basically, it, 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 he tries his heart out, and to be fair to him, he's done really well there for Sunderland, but he's not a, an absolute natural centre half. My instinct is that Dale Fry is, is a better player than Daryl Lenahan, but we don't always see it, do we? You know, like Dale's a funny one because it's it's all there. It's and and there are games that he plays where he just purrs, and you think there's a Premier League centre half all day long. Um, but then he, he you know, I, I don't think he's been at his best so far this season, and 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 there are games where you you know he, he, his levels do drop. Um, Lenahan, you probably know what you're going to get more. But I would, I'll swear Fry and Ballard. And then the fullbacks, I was thinking about this this morning. The fullbacks are the one where I, I don't think I know. <laughs> I don't think I can make because. Well, they're, apart from Tommy Smith, who you know what you're getting, the others are a work in progress, aren't they? Yeah, whether that's it's what I mean. Burger for Borough, whether it's Huggins and Hume for Sunderland, they're a, they're a work in progress, really. So do you swear towards Smith at right back and maybe Hume at left back? I know he's played more of his football for Sunderland at right back, but he did play at left back the other the other night. The other or... night. Yeah, I think you probably do. Yeah, I think you probably do. If he's fit, then Sirkin at Sunderland is probably the best so far, but yeah. he's had so many injury problems. Um, that he that he's just not fit. So yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I'd go Smith Smith at right back and Hume at left back. I think they're probably the best two. They're probably both best at right back, to be perfectly honest. But we'll we'll fudge it by shove and try Hume across there. So yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, that. Dan, Dan Neil and Hayden Hackney in midfield for me has to be. Yeah, has to be. I mean, Housen's brilliant, does his job and everything. Eck was developing into a really good player, but Dan Neil and Hayden Hackney are the kind of gems in in those two midfields and and you know i did a piece on it last season actually really interesting the way their careers have really developed in tandem and kind of broke through at the same time you know pretty similar in terms of what their strengths and weaknesses are what they do at the same level now again regardless of what happens with sunderland or borough in the next five years dan neil and hayden hackney will be premier league midfielders i'm absolutely convinced of that um Uh, yeah, so yeah, for me, absolutely no hesitation. Neil and Hackney is the two centimetres. And if you're playing four two three one, like like you know, both of the managers play a variation of. I yeah. think those kind of forward players behind the striker. So you've got Jack Clark, Patrick Roberts, Joby Bellingham, Riley McGree, Isaiah Jones, Marcus Force. Yeah. Kind of, you know, five, six into three. You've got to have Clark. You've got to have Clark in that team. I think you've got to have McGree in that team and then I think you're left probably swaying between Roberts and Bellingham probably Roberts I think I'd I think I'd go McGree on the left Roberts centre and maybe play Clark off the right I know you're moving your best player out with it from right. the left to the right but I'm fitting him in I'm, what do you reckon I'd have I'd have Clark on the left because I think that um I think that he is um yeah like I said I think he's best, best player in the minute I'd have Jones on the right because I think that 
I think that we're seeing now what, you know, he's probably not quite back to his absolute best, Isaiah, but we're seeing really positive signs here. I think at his best, Jones gets into that team. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's getting that. towards it. Um, you know, I, famous last words, but all things being equal, I, I think this will be a big season for Isaiah Jones. I think, I think we're seeing that he's just about back there. So I'd have Jones on one side, I'd have a Clark on the other. And then there's the 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Carrick's never played in there, but I actually think McGree's best position could be as a 10. Um, Bellingham, Bellingham maybe, but but we probably haven't seen quite enough of him at Sun yet. Pritchard's a good player, but he's coming towards the end of his career and, 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 and you know, has been injured. And Roberts is, I know I've put Roberts as 10, but he's better off the right. I'll tell, you what I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll have a jiggle then. I'll put Clark left, McGree 10, Roberts right. I'll go Clark, McGree, Jones. Right. Uh, and up front... Yeah, well, this, this, this is, an is tough. One because arguably this is where you haven't really got one between the whole lot of them that you would have yeah. your hat on yet. Yeah. Now, again, that's a bit harsh because Josh definitely might get there. Latalaf might get there. Burstow might get there for Sunderland. And then they've obviously got another couple that they brought in in the summer who they haven't even played yet. So, oh, this is a really difficult uh, So, I think, I think uh, it goes what you were saying about Patterson and, and you know, I, you look at Burstow, he's, he's clearly highly rated at Chelsea. He's played for Chelsea. He he might have the highest ceiling of them all. But but just judging on what I've seen this season, I think I probably swear towards Coburn. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I think I think you're probably right. I think we're going back to where we're keeping. I, I, you know, I suspect Burstow will probably end up at a higher level. Um but it is, you're right, it is very early and and I probably saw him have his best game for Sunderland when they won at Chef Wed. But, but he, you know, he hasn't been, he hasn't set the world alight in a number of his other games. Whereas I think you're, I think with Josh, you're probably right. You know what you're getting more. Josh Corbin would love playing with Jack Clark as well, wouldn't he? I mean, oh. can you imagine Clark slipping balls through or putting crosses in for Corbin in and around that 18 yard box? You know, that he would, he would absolutely relish that. So, yeah, okay, let, yeah, I'm happy with that. Let's go with Corbin. It's a decent team, regardless. Manager, of manager. <laughs> <laughs> got to be mugger. We love, we love Michael character bits, but it's got to be mugger. Just, just for the just for the press conferences, and he was dishing out segments of a Terry's chocolate orange on Wednesday there after the game of Watford. I'm a sucker for there chocolate. I, I can eat chocolate at any time of the, of the day or night. So for that reason alone, um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, all joking aside, and. They've both done brilliant he, he was He was dealt a pretty horrible hand at Borough, Mowbray, wasn't he? It was the worst possible time for him to come in and be Borough manager. When, when they were just clearing the decks, the money wasn't there, all the high earners were having to come out with the club. There were some young players coming through that he kind of helped, but as history has shown, they weren't really at the level of the young players that he's been working with at Sunderland or even at Blackburn, where you know he's made so many careers... He just didn't have the tools, really, at Borough, did he? And 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 managers always say, don't they, that it's kind of a stock press conference unveiling, early days answer. I, I like to leave clubs yeah. in a better state when, when I leave than when I came in. And yet, how many of them really are true to the word in that? In, in, in such a short-term industry, managers yeah. have to look after themselves. Um, yeah. And yet... If you look at Mowbray and every club he's been at, they've, they've, 
kind of flourished after he's gone. And, and, and to use Borough's example, you know, um, George Friend, he signed. Grant Ledbetter, he signed. Albert Adoma, he, he laid the groundwork for Danny Ayala signing. He signed Dimmy, even if he wasn't brought in as a number yeah. one. That, there's your spine of Itor Karanka's promotion winning team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and um, I think the job he's done at Sunderland's remarkable, really. I know he's got an incredibly talented squad, but I think the way he's got them going, I, I think he's the ideal manager for the for the squad they've got there. And he's got young, yeah, yeah. gifted attacking players. Yeah. Um, and I'm speaking to him this afternoon, so I'm, I'm sure we'll get some belters out of him ahead of the Borough game. I'm sure you will. Uh, on Borough, this feels, doesn't it, it's so different to the last international break when Borough were going into it yes. without a win and we were talking about, you know, do you need this break just to take stock and reassess? Yeah, yeah, and yet now you're looking at it, if Borough get a result on Saturday, you're looking at it and thinking, is this break coming at the worst possible worst time? time? You want to just keep playing and keep winning. It shows how quickly things change. I mean, I th we've talked about Mowbray there, but I think you've got to give Carrick an awful lot of credit for that because, you know, we said that last international break was going to be massive in terms of what he was able to do with the players, both in terms of tactics, but just in terms of rebuilding confidence as well because it had been a pretty horrendous start. Um, and, and, you know, fair play to him. Whatever him and his coach and staff have done in that international break has clearly worked because A... Borough have come back a much better organised side who know what they're doing now and 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 with players starting to be integrated in who came in in the summer. Um, but also just to be able to hit the ground running and, and have this confidence and go on this run when the pressure was on, you know, they were in the bottom three. Um, yeah, I think he has to take an awful lot of credit for that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that Southampton game felt, felt huge going into it, didn't it? Because if you'd have lost that game... Um, or even not won it. Yeah, there's the Bradford game which you win, but we'd seen in the early stages of the season really that the cup wins hadn't been hadn't kind of provided the necessary pick me up. If you'd yeah. have lost that, you then you then spin it and look at it. Well, Watford, you know, Borough don't have a great record there. Cardiff have won however many on the bounce. Then you yeah. face Sunderland, and suddenly you kind of spiral into this. Very very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think Tuesday night uh, felt felt important because. Southampton clearly was was you know a brilliant win as as was Watford away although they're clearly struggling but I thought that Cardiff game on Tuesday was kind of like the archetypal home test in the championship where a yeah. team comes um, sets up to frustrate get what they can as they did at Sunderland and whereas last season Borough were just able to power through those teams and probably get two three goals up in the first half yeah. I think what we're going to see this season is probably a lot more patience needed um, and they're going to have to maybe wear teams down. So I think to, to do that and, and to win like that on Tuesday night, I, I think Borough will take big belief from that as well going forward. I mean, Saturday is clearly going to be a completely different game, but but there's going to be plenty of games like that Cardiff one, isn't there, on, yeah, yeah, on Tuesday night? Yeah. Well, listen, enjoy... Um... Enjoy Mr. Mowbray this afternoon. If you're uh, if you're watching this and it's it's uh, Friday afternoon or Saturday morning or whatever, then log on to the Northern Echo website. We'll have all of our words of wisdom and obviously all the coverage of the derby. If you're fortunate enough to have a ticket for the away end at the Stadium of Light, then enjoy. It will be some occasion, I imagine, come what may. Um, and we will catch up at the start of next week when we will be sifting through um, whatever has happened up there on Wearside. But enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the match, the derby, the not the derby, whatever, the game against Sunderland. 
Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching. You are my Borat, and we will see you again at the start of next week. <laughs>